Drive Time Radio with New York Vinny. And welcome to another edition of Drive Time Radio. It's a Saturday morning. New York Vinny hanging out with you as usual. Coming up, got a good show for you. We're going to, of course, go Vinny is uh, coming up you'll find out what i'm driving this week what i have driven and uh, of course you will have a chance to drive a little bit to see some of the great stuff that is going on this week our show is sponsored by the 2021 seattle international auto show hashtag worth the wait my good friend tom volk who is you see him all over he's online he's in new york times he's all over the place i see tom uh, with, and, and that's good because he's a handsome guy and he is uh, doing a lot of work this week. <laughs> you are, Tom, you're a good-looking guy, so you're okay to look at. I, oh, I have to see an oh, ugly guy what? like me all over the place. <laughs> How are you, oh, Tom? Come on, Vinny. Uh, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited about the auto show. It wasn't happening last year, so it's really great to see it coming back. Yeah, I'm excited about it, too. You know, auto shows, there's been a lot of talk um, in the last year or two about whether auto shows were going to die off. and We weren't even going to see them anymore. But when I look at the lineup for the Seattle Auto Show, the International Auto Show is going to be at Lumen Field Event Center uh, starting uh, next weekend. I um, I say that this, this genre of looking at cars, this way of looking at cars one against the other one next to each other is alive and well and maybe even thriving yeah and i couldn't have put it better um one of the things that i always see when people are buying cars is they go to a dealership and they buy the first thing that they test drive which is frustrating to me because as you know as a guy that spends a lot of time around the latest vehicles um there is so much great product out there that people aren't exposing themselves to. And the best thing about any auto show is that you can go from car to car to car and not only see everything that's fresh in your mind, right? Um, And so you can make really good, valid comparisons, but you might expose yourself to something that you didn't even think about. And that might be the car that you end up buying. So Whenever people ask me what kind of car they should buy, you know, I ask them, you know, what they're interested in. And then, of course, branch out. And an auto show is the best way to do that. I mean, you know, I'm preaching to the choir here. Right. But but for people that are listening and, and uh, people who may be in the market for a car or maybe you know, just want to see what's new out there, because. Since the last Seattle International Auto Show, there's been so many changes, so many new models released. The electrics have exploded. I mean, uh, it's it's amazing what the choices are out there right now in electric vehicles, and they're going to be featured at the auto show. Yeah, um, they have something called the Electric Highway, which is new this year. Last time they had a section where there were electric cars and you could take a look at a bunch of them. This time, um, there's a special section where you can drive them. Um, And, you know, for people who haven't experienced an electric vehicle, um, that's a game changer. Um, 
I am a huge EV fan. Um, ever since I've driven them, I've kind of figured that I will never buy another gas-powered car because I have a place to charge it at home. But at the electric highway, you're going to be able to drive the, the latest Volvo, Jaguar, Porsche, Porsche, man, uh, Volkswagen, Audis, Kias, and, and even Toyota. Um, so there's going to be an awful lot of electric cars that you can, you can drive and you can expose yourself to. Uh, Polestar is going to be there, too. Right, right, which is the the, the performance uh, end, the electric end of, of Volvo. Um, and what's great right. about this is you couldn't do this with um, with regular combustion engines because you couldn't start. I mean, you can't, you know, it's, it, you'd have fumes and everything like that. You'd have to go outside. This is going to be all contained right in the uh, convention center, right? I mean, the, uh, uh, the exhibition center. Um, I'm not privy to the details i know that they're having this this section so uh you you kind of got me there um ah. but um i know that you're going to be able to expose yourself to them and you know that's that's critical um you know the one thing about evs that people forget um is that electric motors have instant torque so they feel great off the line and you know one thing that i've always felt that um, EVs have not been sold on is actually convenience. Uh, my wife wanted an electric car because she hates going to the gas station. Um, it's windy, it can be rainy, um, and I know they're covered, but you know, it gets in. And she wanted an electrified vehicle just simply because she didn't want to go to the gas station. She comes home, click, plugs in, and that's it. She wakes up every morning to a full, you know, virtual gas tank. Um, so they're great that way. I, I, I wish that the EV uh, companies would sell them more that way. Yeah, yeah. Tom Volk is with us from uh, the Seattle International Auto Show. He's given us a little bit of a preview of what you will see uh, when you head on down to the Lumen um, uh, Field Exhibition Center uh, next weekend, which uh, it will be open. And uh, as I like to say, in full tilt boogie november 11th to 14th uh tickets are on sale you can get them uh just go to uh, seattleautoshow.com you'll be able to get them right there and of course the whole thing is presented by becu and chargeway um thursday it starts at noon so we'll be down of course thursday previewing it as well uh what are the vehicles that is going to excite the public the most that we're going to see down it besides the electric because there is still gasoline running in a lot of people's blood um oh yeah yeah but what am i going to see that's going to just blow me away um well i do have to just do one more electric the the ford f-150 lightning which is ford's all new electric pickup truck it's fully right. electric is going to be there it's one of only three auto shows that it's going to be at in the country so we're very lucky to have that. Um, Toyota has the Mirai, which is a hydrogen-powered fuel cell car, um, which can be bought, not in the Pacific Northwest right now because we don't have hydrogen. Um, but um, uh, Nissan's all-electric Aria, um, which is a crossover, is going to be there. Uh, more mainstream stuff. Um, hey, the Pacific Northwest loves their Subarus, right? Right. So there's going to be the, the Outback Wilderness, which you and I drove at Mudfest. Um, right. It's kind of a jacked up 
out back on steroids. Um, so, you know, it'll, you know, if that'll, it'll get you just about anywhere. Um, there's exotics that are going to be there. Uh, Ferrari four, eight, eight GTB. Um, you know, there's the new, uh, electric BMW called the IX. Um, and I know I'm talking a lot about electrics, but the thing is, is that a lot of the cars that Amer- that manufacturers are coming out with nowadays are electric. Um, right. But this is you know, where the keep- business is going. I, I, I mean, you know, yeah, Facebook, yeah, yeah. Whether you whether you're a fan of it or not, uh, with you know, chances are your next car is is going to be either an electric or at the very least a plug-in type of hybrid, uh, where you're going to be able to use right. it in some sense as an electric vehicle and in some sense a gas vehicle, but uh, yeah, you, you better get familiar with them because you're going to be buying one. Yeah. And, and, you know, along with, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure that uh, Kia and Hyundai are going to have their electrified plug-in hybrid. Um, uh, let's see the Tucson. And I believe the Sorento from Kia is going to be there. Uh, yeah, I mean, even Toyota has a plug-in hybrid, the RAV4 Prime. Um, right, which, which you know, is, it'll get somewhere in the neighborhood. I'm sorry? I was going to say, which is, which you can't get one. You, you can't even go to a dealer and look at it. The only place you're even probably going to be able to see it is in, uh, is, is, is at the auto show because you can't, they're sold out. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? You bring up another great point. Um, these days with the chip shortage and manufacturers having more trouble manufacturing the cars, um, you might go to a dealership and not find the car that you want to look at. Um, it's just the way things are these days. So by coming to the auto show, you're virtually guaranteed to be able to check out the car that you want. Um, it's, it's one of those things that if you're going to be buying a car, you know, even not just in the next month or two, but the next year or so, it really pays to get ahead um, and look at these things and know what you're getting into. Um, I've had so many people that go to the car show and they see something that they had never seen before and, and was like, where is this been? This is the perfect car for me. Right. Right. What about uh, Tom in, in, in closing seconds here for people who are, I don't know, maybe a little bit nervous about, uh, about going out, going to maybe their first public event. Um, since COVID-19 and since all of the troubles, as I like to call them, um, these yes. places are pretty safe environments, I think, to go to, uh, to go to ex- uh, exhibits like this, uh, the manufacturer, the, uh, dealers association and Lumen Field, I know are very good about, um, making sure that, uh, that everything is cleaned. And, and if you're going to go sit in the car, somebody cleans it between sitting, I think is a, a good protocol going on. Uh, as far as um, cleaning, you know, making sure that you're uh, you're safe while you're down there. Sure. Yeah, all that's going to happen. They're very dedicated to making sure that all of the vehicles are clean. Uh, and uh, in order to get into the show, you have to show proof of vaccination and or well, just or um, a COVID test. That's I think seventy two hours no no older than 72 hours right. so you know the the folks that are in the show um 
are going to be vaccinated and protected and far less likely to, you know, to, to transmit the virus. So, right. yes, um, the folks at Lumen Field are doing everything to make sure that everybody's protected. Yeah, and it's, it's crazy we even have to talk about this, but it's a part of, uh, it's yeah. a part of life these days, right? Yeah, and it's not political. It's just something that needs yeah. to be done. Um, it's just the way I'm it is. I'm a little That's... tired of that conversation. Yeah. Um, also, I'm going to point out that there are VIP tours, too. Um, Perry Stern, a fellow auto writer uh, of ours, and myself will be giving VIP tours. And so uh, go on the Seattle International Auto Show website and sign up for those. Um, so uh, well, it's, like it's going to be fun. I'm like really looking forward to it. Now, now, Perry's a good, people probably don't know this, but Perry's a good baker. Is he making like cookies or pretzels or something to take along on his VIP tour? Have, have you had his barbecue? No, I haven't, oh my but God. I'm, I'm, I'm going to take it up with him the next time I see him. Oh, you should, man. He's He's got an excellent smoker system going on. <laughs> <laughs> that makes it worth it all, all alone all right november 11th the 14th of the dates thursday friday saturday sunday next uh 12 o'clock it starts on uh thursday every other morning uh 10 a.m ends at nine o'clock except for sunday when it ends at six and uh, it'll be uh, a grand thing it's the return of the seattle international auto show and uh, if you're into cars, and even if you're not into cars, you just want to go and walk around amongst the people again, uh, it is a, a great place to go. Go to their website at seattleautoshow.com to get tickets. And, uh, and I will see you, Tom, on Saturday morning where we will be doing drive time next week live from the auto show. Tom, thanks. It's so good to talk to uh, you, man. Vinny, always fun to talk. All right, Tom, folks, stick around. We have, uh, we're going to jump into the Rebel Rally next, right here on Drive Time Radio. And back with you on Drive Time Radio, New York, Vinny, 1150 KKNW, our Saturday morning regular get together. And um, I mean, you know, we talked a little bit about this and had uh, a friend of mine, Sue on about it last year. But this year, we actually have people who have driven, and Sue's driven and navigated in the rally, but driven something very unique in the Rebel Rally, which is uh, this rally that, that, that takes place in Southern California. It's a rally, not a race. So it has nothing to do with how fast you get there. It's like not getting lost. That That's the biggest. I, I mean, and Mercedes... Lilienthal, Emily Winslow are with us. Uh, Mercedes drove. Uh, Emily navigated the VW ID4, which we talked about just a couple of weeks ago, how much I love that vehicle. Hi, guys. Welcome. Hello. Hi, Vinny. Thanks for having us on the show. Oh, uh, Thanks for coming on. So, uh, you know, our listeners are probably a little bit familiar with the rally. Uh, it, it's so much fun. It's a women-only thing which I think is kind of cool because women sometimes get a little shortchanged in motorsports, as we all know, right? We don't have to, we don't have to go into that. Uh, we know the situation, but in this day and age, women have the power to break out and go out and do it on their own and do it in many ways, sometimes better than, than the men do it. Right. Right. Yeah. As, um, as you said, the rebel rally is all women it's a uh, traditional navigation. So there's no technology, no GPS. Uh, they will just qualify you immediately if you show up with something like that or if they figure out you're using it. 
So it's all map and compass based. So Emily was the navigator. She's a two-time Rebel. I'll let her talk a little bit about uh, more of what she did there, but in 2018 and 19, and I rallied in 2018 uh, and I rallied a uh, Tacoma trucks. So very different from the ID4, of course, being all electric, but uh, it was a great rally finding hidden checkpoints. We started at the Hoover Dam this year, actually on the Arizona side, and then wound our way from the Nevada deserts all the way down through California down to the Mexico border in Glamis. So it transpires over 1,400 miles this year. Well, wow, it's incredible. It sounds just an incredible experience, even if you're just riding along like, like you did, Emily, and, and yes. navigating. It's not just riding along. I mean, I it's a ride like, along. It's okay. <laughs> uh, but, but, well, you're, not, but you're looking at the map and you're going, you got to go this way, you got to go this way. How do, you, how, do you, how do you keep from getting lost? I mean, especially, in, you know, there's no street signs. There's no, you know, baja this way. Uh, how, do you, how do you like sit there and go, okay, at this grain of sand, make a left? Yeah, that's a great question. And um, to add to the difficulty, Emily Miller kind of scrubs the maps. So she takes off any numbers, city names, she makes it even harder. So um, there's a lot of staring at my map board while Mercedes is driving, uh, but just a lot of reading terrain, getting really comfortable with that little dot on this in the real world looks like that type of mountain, um, that kind of thing. Also, really specific measuring like we will go 7.8 kilometers and then there should be a road um so being really specific with the math of it and uh we had a terra trip this year which is kind of an extra odometer that is really to the hundredth of a kilometer or a mile whatever you're using so that's really helpful also my compass yeah, <laughs> yeah a lot of the times there's maybe two roads and you have to figure out exactly yeah, yeah. yeah. I, love when I, mean, <laughs> I love when people own a compass it's, this is my boy scout compass from when i was like 12 years old <laughs> it totally works <laughs> it's better than no compass is what you it is screwed up in life i look at the compass which way should i go <laughs> there you go yeah so just a lot of compasses from checking what direction we're going as emily miller always says heading and distance don't lie just knowing how far you need to go but plus reading that terrain is a really helpful thing and just uh, telling Mercedes where to go and letting her get me there. <laughs> now, and I like when you know, she tells me where to go. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a lot of that going around sometimes. Uh, the uh, What about driving an electric vehicle in this rally? I, I mean, that had to have at least, and, uh, at least some fear, trepidation, um, uh, unknown. I mean, even if, you, if you're like me, you're one of those people to trust in um, electric vehicles, uh, there's got to be, a, a, you know, s- some kind of range anxiety, some kind of thought that, wow, what happens if we're out here in the middle of uh, somewhere and, and all of a sudden it just starts to go down? I mean, was there a lot of that? Or consequently, did you have a system where you could get charged almost anywhere? Yes, and kind of yes, and kind of yes, and kind of no. <laughs> there's a lot there. So, um, yeah, of course, range anxiety is a huge thing, both on road and off road. And hardly anybody's done EV off roading yet. So, it's a whole new scope of dynamic um, where you pair an unexpected on road vehicle, especially car, um, an SUV that uh, Volkswagen has produced, an ID4. So, we drove the all wheel drive variant, which has only been out for about three weeks before the rally. Yeah. Um, there was a rear wheel variant that they had um, Tanner Faust, a professional um, rally uh, expert, 
So, and driver, he drove the Nora rally, which is down in Mexico in the Baja Fort. So they did that one with a rear wheel drive. So they had a little bit of an inkling of, okay, you know, there is range here. This is what we can do. And so they set up the all wheel drive variant, but this is a completely different rally. So everything you said is true. I mean, there is range anxiety. You're not sure with this not really being tested for four wheel drive areas or off-road stuff or dirt or sand or silts or things. How does that all work? You know, how much... Um, more range and difficult terrain like rocks or steep inclines or really tight trails, how much more range is going to get gobbled up? You know, are we going to be able to get some kilometers back with um, very careful and conservative driving during transits on paved roads? I mean, a lot of it was unknown, but what was really interesting for Emily and myself is we partnered with VW, with Volkswagen of America and the team there, as well as Tanner Faust and Reese Millen Racing, who did the build on the ID4. And we all knew this was a great opportunity for exposure for the vehicle and for its dynamics and its capability, but also to help progress EV off-roading moving forward. Um, but there's also a big chance of failure, right? I mean, you could have right. battery issues, you could have you know something just catastrophically happen. And, and so Emily and I talked long and hard, even during the rally, just kind of you know, tweaking our driving methods, the navigation, you know, what checkpoints that, you know, that because it's all checkpoint based, you know, the most um, points one, one per each team and there's, you know, right. segment wins that the rally type of thing. What do we need to throw away in order to make sure we have enough range to get to said X, you know, checkpoint where the fuel truck is, fuel <laughs> charge truck is. Right. Um, so there are midday, midday, more, more like three quarters through the day uh, charge points where we were able to go with a company called Renewable Innovations. They had a setup that was mobile that basically followed us throughout the rally each day. So the Rivian all electric, we were all electric. There was the only two that were full EVs. Then there were also uh, five other PHEVs, so plug-in electric hybrids. We right. could then all charge up. Um, with the EVs, we were given up to 45 minutes of allowance. That then tagged on to our later part of the day's timing so that we weren't penalized for having to sit there and charge when, right. you know, when other people could go in and, and, you know, be in and out in five minutes if they were there without the fuel truck being there. Um, so a lot of different moving parts and a lot of just communication with Emily that was critical to kind of readjust to make sure we always had charge to get to that fuel truck, fuel, <laughs> I can call you a fuel truck. We can call the fuel all week. <laughs> I still have rally brain right here. I'm yeah. still, it's only been what, a week and a half. I think we've been, we've been out of this, but, um, but yeah, so basically that was our critical goal, right? So we had a whole rally within a rally. So we had the EV rally and making sure we got to where we needed to go without being towed in. It's not like you could bring a five gallon container of jerry, you know, jerry can of container fuel and just say, here, it's, yeah. it's a, Oh, there's a semi and uh, you're in the middle of where and you got to get up, you know, self, self extracted or extracted out by somebody else. Yeah, no. <laughs> was there a point in, in uh, when you were doing a rally where maybe you, you weren't sure that you would make it to the end? And as you got through it, you said, OK, we're, we're, we're going to be able to do this. Was there a switch that went off, Emily, or something that said, all right, we, we got this. And, you know, we, I'm a little nervous, but now we're going to be all right. Yes. Prior to the rally, I had no idea if it would even work and just was not sure about the car. Uh, day one, I thought we could do this, but we have to be really smart and change it. my whole game plan of how I would normally approach checkpoints. I had to throw it all out the window and kind of recalibrate for day day two and, and the rest of the rally. Um, and once we did that, I felt really confident that my goal was 
that we would not get towed in, right? That's the goal at this point. Don't get towed in and finish the rally. <laughs> so right. yeah, it was do very smart things to, uh, <laughs> to, to try to accomplish. Right, right. Yeah. Very, very oh. conservative driving, um, just very smooth driving, um, very cautious navigation. So, you know, you, usually you take the compass and you're out there taking headings and finding, you know, 15 checkpoints throughout the day, or maybe even 20 if you're lucky. And, and we were hitting all the mandatory green ones and then saying, okay, where are we on our route, which is different than the route kind of should be, or usually is right. once you, you know, plot it all down and figuring out what kind of blues, you know, can we get along the way that aren't too far in? Because we realized we, although we didn't have the range, we had a lot of the capability. So as right. long as we were very careful with our tire placement, very careful with um, vehicle dynamics on trickier terrain, like I had Emily, I love you, Emily, <laughs> get get out and, and toss um, small boulders and rocks out of the way because I knew even though we had an aluminum and Kevlar skid plate that was pretty much front to rear skid plate and uh, um, some other uh, uh, modifications done to make the vehicle more capable, we were still stock height minus the skid plate. So we right. were lower to the ground than a lot of the other rally rigs, but that basically said, okay, we can play this very cautiously, conservatively, and smartly. We'll finish under our own power. We'll finish never having to being towed in and we'll finish strong. And we did all of that. And then more. That's, that's awesome. What is, um, what is it, the, the, the rebel rally? What does it, what does it say to people in the automotive racing world, uh, automotive uh, rally world, does it does does the rally itself and the success that it's enjoyed over what is it the six six seven years, years now? six years mm -hmm. yeah six years what does it say to the motorsports world? Um, well, go first? <laughs> I'll start first. I'm really not in the motorsports world. I don't care what car I'm in. Just set me in the passenger seat, and I'll get you there. So. Yeah. I come from very opposite of Mercedes and I think it just, it speaks to, you can drive any car in it if it's capable in your driveway. I've driven my personal driver two times before this and, you know, stock height, it's, it's fun. And I think it brings, <clears throat> it brings the math back to the off-roading world. I mean, I think there's so much GPS, which is awesome and helps so many people have access to it, but it brings back you should know how to get somewhere. Your GPS is going to fail. Your battery is going to die. Right. How do you know how to look at a map? So I like that part of it, that it, it just brings back, you need to learn some basic skills and um, show people that it is kind of fun if you don't mind it. <laughs> listen to this kids. Listen, listen. Yes. Use your compass. Ready. Know what a map you looks like. Life skills. You may lose your phone someday. You have to know how to get home. Yeah. You'll <laughs> run over it for sure. And then where are you going right. to go? It's exactly. kind of like doing multiplication and, and long, you know, longhand division, right? It's like, if you don't have a calculator on your phone, you know, or can oh, you balance yeah. a checkbook nowadays? God, did yeah. I just age myself you know, or <laughs> add age to myself? Ah, I don't know. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, into Emily's Testament, I think, you know, in addition to the traditional navigation and, and the math part of it, which is so critically important, and I'm at fault for saying, oh, hey, Google, you know, don't send me off a cliff or something, yeah. you know, get me there via map and GPS versus a mm -hmm. traditional map that I have on my other hand. I like props today. Um, <laughs> but that being said, is I think somebody that is in the uh, automotive world full time, uh, such as myself, and mainly in, you know, off-roading, overlanding, um, adventure trips, that type of stuff, and aftermarket gear uh, and, and upgrades on vehicles, the rally is designed so that if you have a crossover vehicle or a four by four, they can be stock condition. 
And as long as you're cautious and you, you, you know, you kind of follow your route and you, you understand your own limitations as a driver and a navigator, as well as the vehicles, you'll be successful, right. you know, and most, most of the vehicles are customized to some degree. Some of them are, have a lot of upgrades, a lot of added equipment and just are, are, you know, fully built to the hilt, which are great. But then you have bone stock vehicles, you have a bone stock designation, you've got um, a 4030, which I think is, um, let's see, I think that's a 40 year old vehicle, if I remember correctly, or more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's an older designation. You've got electrical, uh, or electrical, electric, I still rally brain, electric, electrification. There we go. Um, I've been typing too long, too many articles I'm writing. I'm like, ah, brain doesn't work the way I want it to, but that designation for EVs and plug-in electric hybrids. So there's different segments um, that you can compete in, but I think with, with Emily Miller and having all women do this um, and just kind of breaking out, out of the norm, shall we say, where it is a rally, it is traditional navigation, it is, you know, it's in this long, it's 14 to 1500 miles. And that's, that's a pretty long-standing, severe, you know, rally when it comes to any, any nation or any country. So, especially well, out know, pretty cool. did, you, did you guys have fun doing it? I mean, because everything that went on at the end of, at the end of it, when you finished up, was it fun? Was it, tra- how did you? I think it's so fun. I love um, getting out in the the American West. It's just roads you'd never travel on and just things you would never see. You don't even know that they're there. So I love the view of it. It's 80 hours in the car looking out the window and uh, it's fun. Mercedes and I are very new friends and it, we just had the best time, which is so fun to meet an adult woman that you haven't ever known before and you get so, you know, get along so well. So we had a lot of- in the car, believe me, you're going to get- Exactly, you're you're going to hate each other or you're going to be best friends. So uh, we went the positive way and had so much fun. And it's, I love the math. I love getting a full week of just numbers and maps. I love it. Okay, if people want to know more about the rally, see some pictures. Actually, I think you can watch some of it on Facebook, right? If not all of it, how do they do that? So they can visit rebellrally.com. So rebellrally is R-E-B-E-L-L-E rally.com. Or they could follow all the different social media channels uh, with Rebel Rally. Um, if they wanted, since I'm an automotive journalist um, and also do PR and marketing and things like that, uh, if they wanted to follow any of the articles that I'm writing, for instance, um, they can basically find me via my name. So Mercedes Lilienthal, it's L-I-L-I-E-N-T-H-A-L via either Facebook or Instagram. I'm writer with grit on Twitter, or they can follow crankshaft culture. Um, and that's kind of like our own automotive with, uh, in between my husband and myself, our own automotive outlet. And, and what I'll be doing is I'll be posting the articles that go live um, podcasts, such as yourself. So radio shows, um, interviews, things like that. So there's kind of a one-stop shop with anything that's Volkswagen of America or ID4 eccentric will be there. Great. Great. And, um, are you, are you just out of this now or, or till next year? Or are you doing some stuff too, Emily? Uh, well, I'm a navigator. So if anybody needs me to navigate, I'm around. <laughs> Otherwise, oh, okay. I got I first tips. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if Mercedes doesn't need me. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I just kind of hang out. I've done it a few times and I'd love to do it again. So, awesome. yeah. Awesome. Well, Emily, it was great meeting you. Mercedes, mm-hmm. great seeing you again. Um, I, I suggest if, if you're listening to the show, you're listening to the podcast, Go check this out. This is really a fun event. The VW ID4, as we've spoken about before, great car. Uh, and, and I think something that's going to be huge for Volkswagen, an entry-level uh, electric. I drove the four-wheel uh, drive, uh, all-wheel drive model. And nice. I'm an old guy, still say four-wheel drive, the all-wheel <laughs> drive model. And um, 
you know, it, it, it's funny, uh, really quick before we go, one of the things that I learned from driving now a few electric cars is that you have to be prepared. You have to have a sense of, okay, I'm going here, I'm going here, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. And um, so maybe, Emily, you can rent yourself out as somebody who helps prepare people for electric car trips <laughs> when they get them, because... Definitely. I'm not good at that. It's <laughs> right. scary. I get you. I'm yeah, the damage no. going. I got two miles until a charging station. <laughs> yeah, adventure. Yeah, literally, if you have like 1% left and you're sweating bullets trying to come in, I mean, you know, our lowest during the rally was actually on day zero where there weren't any points taken, thankfully, but we were at 6% coming in and we were eking it in. But, you know, for instance, to, to the test of um, a testament of VW and the ID4, over 1,400 miles, no rattles. Over 1,400 miles, zero mechanical or battery issues. The, the vehicle was absolutely rock solid. And the way that it was built, um, it, you know, some people said, oh, that's a cute little car. Oh, that car's just so low or things like that. But well, you know what? We finished. We finished strong. We finished eighth out of 10th in the crossover class, or they call it the X-Cross class. And the car did great. And I think for as long as you know you have the, the range to get to, Charge station, see, I didn't say fuel stop this time, but a charge station, if, as long as you know that you have that safety net with you, no matter if it's a mobile you know, charge station like Renewable Inter uh, Innovations had with us, or if it's something on the, not like you take something on the Rubicon Trail, not yet anyways, but near you to be able to go to Forest Service Trails or a National Park or this or that or whatever, sky's the limit for EVs. Awesome. Uh, did you, were you the, the first car, the first electric car ever to finish? The, the rebel the rebel rally no actually they're uh the rivian so emmy hall and rebecca donaghy so they had the rivian r1t truck that right. they had was a prototype last year and that did finish i believe and wow. um and did really well and so they came back with the rivian and the rivian team this year so right. they were the first, the first SUV by, though to finish right exactly so they were the first uh four by four class ev to finish that was all electric and then we were the first x cross crossover class suv to finish so awesome. It's pretty cool. Pretty cool. Guys, thanks so much, man. I really appreciate uh, you jumping on with us, telling us about not only the Rebel Rally, but, uh, you know, just the electrification of it, too, you know, and, and how that's uh, because I think these are the kinds of things that are going to get people more interested in electric vehicles. You know, the, right. the road is crazy, uh, you know, for these things. Some people believe in it as other people. Are, oh, no, 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 no. It only goes 20. It's a golf cart. So finishing a race like this, I think, goes a long way toward convincing people that, uh, hey, you know what? You should really be taking a look at these cars and, right. and believing in them. Uh, thanks so much. It's great. to um, Emily, great to meet you. Mercedes, great to see you. Um, all right. Um, Listen, guys, thanks so much for uh, jumping on the show. I appreciate it. It's um, a great thing that uh, electric cars are showing their toughness and uh, their metal when uh, it comes to not just everyday driving, but driving in adverse conditions. And this sounds like it could, it's about as adverse as it could get. Thanks a lot for coming on the show. Um, this is Drive Time Radio. I'm New York Vinny. Stick around. we got more to come. Our, our road test is coming right up. Don't you go anywhere. Yo, Vinny, what are you driving this week? We're back with you on Drive Time Radio, New York. Vinny, time now for our famous feature. And Nathan isn't here this week, so we'll just have to wing it. Uh, our producer taking a vacation day today. Uh, but it's time for Yo, Vinny, what are you driving this week? Or as I like to say, hey, Yo, Vinny, what are you driving this week? 
Well, this week I am sporting around in another Hyundai, this time the 2022 Tucson Limited Hybrid. Now, I'm not exactly sure how they do it, but once again, Hyundai has produced a car that goes to the head of its class. Stylish on the outside, lines that distinguish it from anything else in the compact SUV category. The little styling touches that catch the eye when you look at it. Just sitting there, it looks like it's going someplace. The Tucson is quite visually appealing. Go inside, the interior is functional, simple, yet luxurious. This interior feels like it belongs in a car priced well north of $50,000. It is also surprisingly roomy for passengers and cargo. Maybe my only problem is the lack of a volume knob for the entertainment system, which is one of the best in the business as well. It's got that touchy, uh, haptic kind of switch. The switch from electric to petrol is seamless with both motors coming uh, up to a, a 226 horsepower rating. And that horsepower gets to the uh, all-wheel drive through a good old six-speed automatic push-button controlled transmission. It gives the Tucson a zippy feel to it, moving quickly through traffic and no struggle at all getting up to highway speeds. Paddle shift is in there if you need to go up or down shift-wise. And uh, it, uh, it moves along nicely, this Tucson. I'm very impressed by it. I'm looking forward to get uh, into the Tucson and get into uh, the mountains this weekend. If it's snowing up there, I want to see how the all-wheel drive works on those slippery roads. Hopefully with a little snow up there, we'll see how this system, which is supposed to be one of the best in the business, works. I'm also getting excited about driving the plug-in hybrid version of the Tucson, which should be in dealers very soon. That's going to put out 261 horses and have a 32-mile electric-only range. So uh, excited about this. We'll have more on this in a future show as we do the deep dive road test review. But a very, very impressive vehicle from Hyundai, the Tucson. All right, time now for our Saturday morning cartoon. We bring them to you because cars and music uh, go together. So every week we pick out, you know, a tune, a song uh, that has something to do with cars or driving or automobiles, and we play it for you uh, because uh, we live here at uh, Drive Time Radio to entertain you. So because the clock you have to uh what is it turn it back turn it forward it's got to turn some way uh at two o'clock uh tomorrow morning so i figured we would give you a traffic safety song something to uh make sure that you have an opportunity to uh be aware that the little kids are going to be out there going back and forth to school and everything like that. And you have to pay attention. So I went back into the old golden books. Remember the golden books you used to get to have a supercar and Wyatt Earp and all the different uh, golden books, 29 cents in the five and dime store. Well, I found uh, Annie Oakley. Remember the uh, cowgirl Andy, Annie, Annie Oakley. And um, she put out, along with Mitch Miller and his vocal course, the Sandpipers, uh, something uh, that uh, will make kids aware 
of how they should cross the street and make you as a driver aware of what to do when you sing the traffic light song. I like to cross streets at the corner where the traffic signals glow. The light at the top is red for stop. The bottom one's green for go. I look to the left. I look to the right. I wait till it's safe to go. I like to cross streets at the corner where the traffic signals glow. streets at the corner where the traffic signals glow. And welcome back to the uh, final stanza here on Drive Time Radio for this Saturday morning. New York Vinny hanging out with you. Coming up in just a couple of seconds here we'll have the uh, Drive Time Radio road test but I did want to take a minute to uh, just stop and uh, appreciate all of you who listen and all of you who uh, contribute to this show. It is the second anniversary of the Seattle edition of the show. I mean, I've been doing drive time radio now uh, since 1993, and it has been a labor of love uh, for all of those years. I mean, it's amazing to me that uh, I've driven as many cars as I've had, met as many people as I have, and uh, just the whole thing to be able to talk to people about cars. Uh, I love talking sports. I love talking cars. I love talking about life. And I get to do that every week here as we meet up on Drive Time Radio. There are so many people to thank about. Uh, the, I mean, this has been a crazy two years. I mean, between picking everything up in Pittsburgh and moving physically back to Seattle, and then when I get here, uh, you have the pandemic raging on, um, actually just starting when I got back here, and we have made it through um, a year, and uh, a change of that, and uh, that in itself to me is amazing to uh, still have the show and have kept it on the air and uh, kept things going uh, throughout uh, a, uh, the craziest year maybe any of us have experienced. And uh, I'm just uh, I'm thankful to so many people who have helped out along the way. Uh, there's so many that I don't think I could name them all, but certainly all the people at KKNW who uh, have worked with me to keep this show going. Um, uh, Nathan, our producer, who is not here today, but will be back next week. And also, 
um, my good friends uh, uh, George Jackson, uh, Keith Slater, um, the Menashe family, um, all who uh, have contributed in one way or another to keep this show on the air and to uh, keep it going. And I appreciate it. I hope that we, uh, you know, have some fun on Saturday mornings with you, uh, it, you know, through automobiles. So we've done it through sports and other places. Uh, now we do it through automobiles. And we talk sports as well sometimes. But it's just a, a wonderful thing to be able to uh, get together. And uh, as I have said before, and we will start doing next week, we're going to get this show out on the road a little bit more. We'll be at the Seattle International Auto Show next Saturday morning. So we'll give you a, a taste of what's going to happen uh, over the next uh, a few days there. That thing starts on Thursday. It goes Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And it is uh, an event that you should uh, come and participate in and walk around down at the Lumen Field Event Center and see uh, the best of what's out there, the new stuff that's out there, and especially, as I have preached on this show for the last two years, the electrics. Uh, they are the future. We are living in a time of change, and one of the big changes we are seeing is from gasoline engines to electric. And I know that the infrastructure isn't there right now uh, completely, for these cars, you have to put a little effort into it. You have to, but it's it's kind of like lived in the uh, first days of the internal combustion engine when you had the same thing going on, where you, you know, you had to uh, look for a gas station. You had to carry a tire repair kit with you. You had to uh, not just get in a car and push a button and go, uh, but you had to put a little effort into it. And that's maybe one of the reasons I like the electric cars, because you have to put a little effort into it. You have to think about it a little bit. Maybe that connects you to the car a little bit more. What other appliance do people have that they name? Do people name their refrigerators? Do people even name their houses really that much? But almost everybody has a name for their car. <laughs> so the connection between the car and the motorist is one not just of uh, appliance and user, uh, but it's a, a connection, a deep connection, because cars still represent freedom to us. They represent the ability to get in that thing and go somewhere and see something um, unencumbered. And electrics will still continue to give us that unencumbered feeling of being able to get into that car and go, or truck, or whatever. We hope that uh, we can, if we don't champion anything else in the world on this show, we can champion the freedom that you have by getting in your car and getting away, taking your family on a vacation, getting away after a tough day and just taking a ride up into the mountains, uh, you know, going to a cause and coffee on a Saturday morning, uh, or, or any of that stuff around you got jeez sometimes it's just nice to go out in the driveway and you know soap up the car and wash it down it just takes your mind off of everything else that's going on instead of just driving through the car wash try it sometime fill a bucket up with soap uh, get yourself some uh, uh 
you know, grill soap or, uh, you know, and go out the driveway and wash the car, you know, soap the car down and sit there and concentrate on it for a couple of minutes. And you'll be surprised how much it will take off of your, um, you know, your mindset when it comes to uh, stressing out. You run your hands uh, with the sponge over the lines of the car and you feel what you made your investment in and, you know, you wash it down and the soap washes away and somehow it's a, it, somehow it's a feeling of, uh, of, of cleanliness, of baptism almost, that you, uh, you, you, you know, you soak the car in water and get it clean again. And maybe while you're doing that, you stop and you think and you unstress yourself a little bit and you uh, soak and soak your soul at the same time. All right, let's do our uh, our drive time radio road test. Uh, we do it this week on the, uh, by the way, thank you. Thank you for listening to the show. Thank you for participating in the show. Thank you also to those people I mentioned and everybody, especially the people at the car companies who help put drive time radio and keep drive time radio on the air here in Seattle and uh, hopefully in this next year a few more places to come uh, play, places to be named later uh, but uh, we're going to uh, spread the automotive love in the northwest as it may be All right, time now for the drive time road test where we take a, a car out and put it through its paces on uh, several different uh, places uh, we this week are driving the Toyota Tacoma pickup truck, 21 Toyota Tacoma Limited. This is the uh, high-end model, a luxury model of the Tacoma. We've driven a Tacoma before on the show. We had the TRD, which is um, really when you uh, get down to it, the uh, the, the off-road monster of the Toyota uh, Tacoma line. And there's a reason why so many people buy these cars, uh, these trucks, to take them off-road. They're good at going off-road. They fit the bill. You take uh, the uh, truck out, you take it off-road, and uh, you get a, a good feeling, a confident feeling that as far off-road as you go, you're going to be able to find the road again. We did a little bit of everything with this truck. Uh, we took it off-road, went up into the woods, uh, forded some streams, run through some gullies with it, and then took it up to the Mountain Loop Highway and played with it up there and then took it on a road trip uh, on uh, I-90 out to, uh, to um, Spokane and then came back on uh, a slow, leisurely route on Route 2 as the sun was setting and uh, in all of these situations, the Tacoma acted and uh, was stellar. It really was. I mean, you'd like to have, honestly, a little bit more power in this thing uh, on the, uh, the freeway. Uh, if, if there's one little, little thing that I could find wrong with it, uh, it, needed, it needed a bit more oomph on the freeway. But I will trade the oomph on the freeway for the pop in the four-wheel drive when you put this thing into four-wheel low and try to climb up a rock or up the side of a mountain or crawl it down a hill 
the uh, the Tacoma just th- there's a reason people buy these trucks. Um, it's lived up to its hype in in this day and age. That's something to say for a truck. Uh, from the outside, it's been given a more aggressive grill uh, into newer models, and uh, you know uh, some effects and everything like that. The Toyota bed is a uh, composite material that is one of the best in the business and of course on this edition of the Tacoma they have a, a plug in the back you can plug your power tools into it or you gen- or whatever you need to plug in if you're uh, taking it camping uh, I drove the full four-door version which um, nice and roomy in the front dash is well laid out uh, the only problem with this one was the back seat is a bit crowded if you're going to take four burly people uh, somewhere uh, it's going to be a little bit of a tight fit for the three that you might put in the back if you put two back there you should be okay you probably wouldn't want to be stuck there though on a long you know trip over the Spokane got a power sliding rear window that comes with it as well and it really um, it comes in handy to uh, air the truck out uh, as uh, one might say. Um, also on uh, this truck, uh, you have the uh, dash laid out very nicely uh, with the entertainment center in it and the math center and everything like that. It really does uh, does the job when it comes to, um, you know... Uh, when it comes to uh, keeping this thing, uh, uh, you informed and entertained in this thing. Uh, off-road capability is just uh, far uh, above most other machines in this class. It also comes packed with a ton of standard features. Uh, you slip it into, uh, and, and, and being uh, a vehicle that uh, you can, well, you know, again, uh, you feel like you can take this thing anywhere off-road, and it's going to serve you. It's going to, it's going to do well. It's among one of the best compact pickup trucks in so many uh, people's ratings. Uh, as I said, a great truck. And um, as far as uh, the uh, horsepower. And everything, the engine in this truck is uh, the 278 horsepower, 3.5 liter V6. Uh, it's a uh, it's a strong uh, that, that was equipped with it is a strong engine. Uh, the automatic transmission does the trick, uh, and it gives you nice handling, uh, good steering, and as I said, off road. It, uh, it takes care of business. And that, uh, when you're buying one of these trucks, is probably the most impressive thing. Uh, the Toyota Tacoma I drove was, I believe, $45,000, uh, right in that price range with uh, soup to nuts as far as the options, uh, as I said, and uh, a very roomy, very solid truck. As far as uh, gas mileage on this thing, uh, I think it comes in at, I think we've we got about 17 miles to the gallon. 
on it in uh, some places. And of course, you get uh, with this the you know st- the Toyota warranty, but even better is the Toyota reliability. This is one of the most reliable uh, trucks out there, and I see no reason why it will continue to be exactly that. And it gives a four out of five star crash rating, if that's what you're looking for as well. So all in all, a great truck to take off-road, a great truck to uh, uh, scoot around town with, and uh, a solid entry uh, that uh, touches all of the bases it needs to touch to be a great truck. That is the drive time road test for the Saturday morning. Thank you so much for listening. Again, thank you for two great years. Let's move on to year three and keep this thing going. Don't forget, we will see you next Saturday morning at the Seattle International Auto Show. Uh, If the boys willing and the creek don't rise, have a good week.